Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, which gives you a new way to compete without traffic or punches getting in your way. Zwift is an online community of cyclists around the world coming together to train and race virtually. Climb mountains, climb the leaderboards, or go for KOMs or QOMs. Loads of riders in the pro peloton use Zwift to train their way to the top, and you can too. Visit Zwift.com to get in on the action. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the uh, day one of this Zwift SBS Cycling Central podcast, all the way from Vendée, uh, just under Brittany in France. It's sunny, it's very hot, and Dave McKenzie is with me. Bonjour, Dave. I didn't forget today. You didn't. You, I was going to. I was going to use it. It's it's gone. It's your it's your tagline now. You keep it. And no, big welcome, big welcome to our listeners. Wow, uh, it's a warm one. It's going to be a warm one. It's going to be a beautiful day though. Not much wind. Long stage, opening stage. Ah, gee, well, let's get into it. Yeah, absolutely. So, what uh, what are your expectations going into the Tour de France on day one? We talked yesterday about you had hitchy feet and you just want to get going, and you know that's what um, Gero was saying as well. Uh, how do you think today the riders are feeling? The tour has started. We have seen stage number one. I think uh, relief relief for a lot of the riders because they just wanted to get racing you know they've been riding around for a few days and when you lead yourself when you lead into a grand tour as a cyclist you have to have the last probably four or five days relatively easy so you sort of your body doesn't shut down completely but gee you you, you don't want to do much else either you don't want to walk far you've just got to rest in your bedroom Uh, there's a lot of generally build up with the press and media and sometimes there's family and friends so you just want to go into the bubble of that circus which is the tour de france so they'd be very happy to get the stage out of the way a bleat again a few crashes and this and that but hey that's part of it and we all know that Absolutely. So let's go down to uh, uh, what happened on the, this stage uh, number one. Up to about uh, 15k to go, we were like, well, is this a boring stage? Is it not a boring stage? And then a lot of crashes happened. It just changed the whole demeanor of the stage. We have one winner, Colombian, first tour, first sprint, first win. And he's collecting almost all the jerseys except the, the Polkadot. Quite a brilliant day for him. Oh, it was a brilliant day. And he's the first Colombian in 15 years to wear the yellow jersey. So massive, massive uh, performance by Gavidia, Fernando Gavidia. We, we always knew he was going to be a challenger at some point in this race. But gee, he's opened up his account at the Tour de France. And I'd imagine we will see a lot of him in the coming years. So for him and his team, gee, they've just, they just keep on keeping on, don't they? Quick step. Uh, they lost Kittle. They've got another sprinter in. Let's have a listen to uh, Garvilla straight after this win. Uh, you spoke to him. Yeah, yeah, it's an incredible day. I'm, I'm really happy for this. And also, I think the fans in Colombia is really happy. When you were, a, well, I say a young boy. To me, you're still a young boy. But when you were a young kid growing up in Colombia, Fabio Parra, Lucho Herrera, they were climbers. Were you, and, and riders beyond that, Did they inspire you? And did you ever dream of, of coming to the Tour de France and doing what you've done on your first your first stage? Yeah, it's, it's the different. It's the now is my moment. Now I'm enjoying this is this tour. I'm happy with this stage and I enjoy the rest of the tour. A lot of the reporters we've always talked about Colombian cyclists because they can go up the hills. But you are—you're different. You are one of a kind. You're—you're you're incredibly fast. How, how is that? Why is it? Why aren't you a climber? <laughs> yeah, I don't know because he's the always in Colombia. A lot of climbers, but 
in my mentality is I won't win, I won't win. In Colombia, winning the climb is really difficult because it's a lot of riders. And then I try in the in the track, and then I try in the sprint. And it's, it's a good job, and then take this direction because it's it's good for me for the take the victories. And now I'm happy to stay here for the sprint and and one Colombian guy in the sprint is good also. So that was the winner of today, the first uh, wearer of this yellow jersey uh, for 2018, Fernando Garvilla. Uh, like you mentioned in this interview, it's very interesting because we always think of Colombians as being tiny, but tiny climbers with extraordinary power uh, on, on the hills. We, I don't even recall a, a, a Colombian sprinter. So, so it's a bit of an anomaly in a way for, for this sport, or are we just being blinded? No, no, totally. It's uh, and it's true. And I mean, he sort of went along with it. I, I, look, I think there has been one or two previously, but gee, he he's obviously proving he's the best. He's the best sprinter that's come out of Colombia with his stage win. Um, he's still fairly small, though, isn't he? He's a little pocket rocket. He's not he's not the sort of Caleb Ewan size, but he's very well proportioned and uh, he's just quick. He's just quick. And when you can beat all of the sprinters that have that we're lining up today and none other he's not a purist but geez a hard man to beat Peter Sagan the world champion on any given day you are good Robbie McEwen just uh, popped in into the podcast hey Robbie how are you yeah great great uh, important day for, uh, for the winner today because first stage we said with Mike first tour first stage first win what was it for you when you won that first stage and what is it going into, the, into his head well for me when I won my first one was a huge stress relief because it took me three editions of the tour and the last day of the third one to finally win a stage. But I think for Gaviria, this is his first tour, first day, and he, he wins, takes yellow. He's, he's got the whole, the whole collection on, on day one. But for him, you could see how much it meant. He just couldn't stop smiling. And he, he said it's like a, for any cyclist, a dream come true. And he said he was struggling to find the words to, to explain how it felt. And that, that is what you feel like you're... Such a huge relief uh, going in, whether it's your first tour, your fourth tour, you haven't won yet. There's always that pressure you have on yourself, knowing you might be favourite, even if you're not. But getting it is just the, the, the happiness. It just keeps coming in waves, wave after wave. You just sort of keep reliving that moment over and over. I'm sure he'll go and watch the replay a uh, hundred times like I did back in the day. I'm sure. And he must be feeling on top of the world. Uh, do you think from now he's... I think maybe I can get two, three, four, so somewhere along those lines. I mean, I can, I can beat those guys. He knows he can beat them, uh, but I think he also realises that it's the Tour de France. You just say, OK, I've got one, now I win five. You take it day by day, you say, I've got one, now I try and win one more. And if you can do that, try and win one more. I'm sure somewhere in his mind he's thinking green jersey because he, he has the weapons to take on Sagan. Gaviria is really quick, he's shown that. He's very strong in a, an uphill drag finish. Uh, he can survive a, a quite a hilly stage as well. He's, uh, he's very good on, on a tough stage. So I think he's capable of really taking the fight to Sagan for green as well. Thank you, Rui. Sure thing. Uh, that was uh, the legendary uh, Robbie McEwen. Uh, Mackay, you were a sprinter yourself. Do you think in his mind he's now on a hunt for another victory? Oh, totally, totally. Um, absolutely. And, you know, he, he's, he's drawn blood on first stage opposed to his rivals. You know, he's beaten them all. He's beaten the best in the world, and it's a big sprint lineup. So now his confidence will be brewing. And the green jersey won't be a goal for Gavidia or the team. Uh, That's interesting because you, you are disagreeing with Robbie. What would, what would McEwen know? I mean, seriously, he's only won 12 stages and three greens. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Not yet. It's only stage one. 
it's his first tour. He's still a young guy, you know. He's he, yes, he's he's good, but the team at least they, they'll tell him. I don't think they won't be saying, "Oh, let's switch the focus or start to think about the green." No way. He'll go for some points out the road, but the big objective is stage wins first and foremost. I would think. Uh, what happened to Richie Port? He lost some time today, and what's your take on this? Ah, look, it's 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 stage one, long way to go. So it's not the, it's not the end of the world, but it would have been better, obviously, and he'd agree if he had been in that front group. He lost 45 seconds. He got caught up in the crash. I did speak to him, and I did ask him the question, "Did you actually crash?" So I'm I'm still not 100% sure if he actually hit the deck hard because he looked okay. Chris Froome, on the other hand, he looked a bit worse for wear. He, he took a batting. He he went full did a full 360 into a ditch. It's incredible that Chris Froome didn't break any bones. Well, we don't think he has. And there's a few other riders that lost time as well. Nadal Quintana had a mechanical. Egan Bernal, another Colombian riding on Chris Froome's team. He lost time. Adam Yates as well was in that group with Port and Froome. So not all the guns, not all the big stars uh, were in that front group. But the ones that mattered were Vincenzo Nibali, Roman Bardet. All this happened in the last 15k? This is uh, pretty incredible for for a stage. I can uh, we we heard Christian Prudhomme uh, in on the French press uh, in the mix zone, but he was saying they were not expecting any gaps on this stage. And then here you go, they spawned at 50 seconds for the the, the big riders. We could have just made it a 15 kilometer stage. Would have saved us all, you know, a hell of a lot of work. I mean, we could we could have all had a sleep in. Our, our second camera crew they went to the start line. They did, they had to get up at 5 a.m. <laughs> and you're right, it all happened in that last 15 kilometers. But that's what happens. And look. It's no surprises, really. This is what we see at the tour. In terms of Port, let's have a listen to what he has to say. No, good. Obviously not fantastic, but uh, it's nice to come through a crash relatively unscathed. Time-wise, do you, have you got any idea of what you lost to the front group, or you think it's not important? seconds down, something like this. So. Anyhow, uh, there's a lot of GC guys that, and Quintana had a worse day than us. So, uh, and Bernal lost time as well. Yeah, I mean, it was... A, Absolute mess there in the final. As I was uh, Richie Port straight uh, straight on the line, uh, straight on the arrival of this first stage. You can see he's not very stressed. Is that experience? Oh, totally. Look, if he was, if that was five years ago, he'd probably be. He wouldn't be talking to us. He wouldn't want to talk to me. That's for sure. Um, so no, he knows it's not the end of the world. He knows it's not ideal, but you just got to deal with it. You got to roll with the punches. It's one day of 21. So many things can happen. Things can turn around. So he'll just. He's just. It's a battle. It's a battle. That's what it is. It's never meant to be easy. There's no red carpet, you know, to win the Tour de France. You've got to find that red carpet. Yeah, there's no green carpet as well. Mm. To, uh, that 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 to swallow your fall. You know? <laughs> that's it. Correct. <laughs> it's hard ground. Uh, Chris, from you just touched on it in, in a minute ago, but uh, what uh, do you make of him coming into this tour? Because there's been all the, the talk, all everything we've been talking about with uh, the lead way to for him to be here, but then he falls today. Is that karma? Look, I don't know. No, of course it's not. But if you believe in that, maybe. But you know, you know what I found really interesting? I was on the finish line. We, we generally go onto the finish line 10 kilometres before the peloton come in. We have to get in position. So we're watching on one of the screens there. Next minute, the shot comes up of Chris Froome. And you can see he's got dirt down one of his side and his shoulder. He's ripped his jersey a little bit. So you can tell he's crashed. The crowd was almost cheering. You know, and that's cruel, isn't it? It is cruel. It, it's, you know, what, 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 they want to see him crash out with a broken collarbone or, you know, uh, so this is, this is going to play on him. This is going to play on him. And I don't think, and I've said it already, but I'll say it again. I don't care what he says and what Team Sky say, 
psychologically, it's just going to put kinks in his armour. How tough his armour is, that's the question. Yeah, we will really see a, 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 a full test for Froome, not just physically, but mentally mm. on this, and probably something he hasn't really experienced before. Maybe something that Armstrong experienced before, the the the, the rage of people on the, on the crowd. So do you think he's preparing for this? Yeah, look... I I'm not sure, maybe. Maybe he has. Maybe he has had mental preparation, knowing what he's going into. He's into a battleground, and, you know, Richie Port uh, made comments that it's going to be hostile. So we saw that today. I think we saw it at the stage start, and we saw it when when uh, when his picture came up on the live screen and, and the crowd had saw that he'd crashed. So, you know, he'll get the reception tomorrow, stage two. He'll get that probably bad reception stage three, four, five, six. One thing is for sure, if Chris Froome wins the 2018 Tour de France, he'll deserve it. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Maka, we'll take a short break. And then when we come back, we'll have a look at uh, where are we going tonight uh, because it's uh, pretty much of the same. Uh, don't go anywhere. You're not going anywhere. Uh, no, I've got work today. You can give me a coffee, actually. <laughs> All right, I'll do that. <laughs> So here's indoor training before Zwift. You're alone in a dark basement, staring at a wall or watching TV reruns. Indoor training after Zwift, you're climbing epic mountains in Watopia, you're racing through the streets of London or sprinting through an Italian village. The world is virtual, but the watts are real. And so is the competition. With hundreds of group rides and workouts every day, you've always got friends to keep your motivation high and friends to chase. Get seven days free at Zwift.com. Uh, welcome back to the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Now, let's look at uh, what's coming up tonight on SBS, stage two already for uh, the 8th of July. Uh, it's a loop. If I look on the map, that's pretty good for us because it's not far from, uh, from uh, where we are staying and, and so on. Uh, the stage, flat as. It is, isn't it? It's, it could be a bit of a carbon copy of um, stage one. So, And if the conditions stay the same, you know, uh, unlike today, just no wind, warm weather. It's the perfect start for the peloton. It's not the perfect start for us, though. We want action from the beginning, don't we? It's, we're mean, or I am at least. But no, it is a great start for the GC riders and even the sprinters. I think this is perfect for conditions for them. Actually, it was something we, could, we should talk about. This is really a showcase of the Vendée region uh, because we're staying a few days. But you guys, uh, not so much me, but you guys stay uh, arrive a lot before me. Uh, do you have itchy feet? Do you want to get going? Because at the minute, we're not really getting going. We're just going. It feels a bit like the Tour Down Under. It is. We're, f we're five nights in the one hotel, aren't we? And you know what? It's a beautiful hotel that we're in on the, sort of a, on the side of the freeway. There's nothing around except a restaurant, which goes bonkers every night. I think you've done the whole you. Yeah, you've t started from A, you're reaching the Z letter. I have. Uh, Café Gourmand, uh, for anyone uh, visiting in the area, make sure you, get, you test that out on the dessert menu. But no, no we, I think I'm ready to go now. I think, uh, what have we got? One more night accommodation and then we're off on the road. So it's, it's going to be good to sort of get into the groove of things. Yeah, because it doesn't feel like the Tour de France until you actually get the miles in the, in the car properly. And, and you know what else? When you look at the actual map of the race, we really skirt around the outside of of the country. We don't go in the centre really at all, no massive centrale, you know, just uh, no champagne region. So those areas, uh, we sort of skirt right around the, the outside. Do you know what I'm looking forward is Brittany. 
because I think it's just a, the, the, the land of the true cyclist in France. Sorry for any other region. And I'm not even from Brittany, but I think this is really the birth of, of cycling in France. Some of the greatest cyclists are from the area. And I think there's going to be a good showcase ahead of us in the next few days. It, it, you're right, correct. And, and you know what else? The, the, a name that comes to my mind, if I put an Australian flavour on it, uh, Hubert Oppermann. Paris Brest Paris. He, he won that race many, many years ago. It was something like 1,200 kilometres non-stop. We talk about these endurance races. So we go through Brest. Um, you know, so you're right. Famous area. Of course, Bernardino is from Brittany. Uh, he's not on the race anymore, but he's still got plenty to say, hasn't he? So um, it's it's going to be good. Uh, in terms of the, the the what's coming ahead, these first nine days, I mean, we need to look ahead. Uh, those first nine days, we've it feels a lot like we go all the way to the north, and then we end that strip in Roubaix. Um, how do you see that sh that race shaping up towards this? Because the second part of the race is completely different. Uh, but who can end up on the top or towards the top or or very very in a very good shape in uh, in in nine days on on the 15th of July? Yeah, it's a good question, and it's a question none of us know the answer to, none of the experts. We're all speculating because what I tell you what will happen, no doubt, there will be two, three, maybe more GC guys that will lose time to their main rivals on that stage to Roubaix, the Pavé stage. That's the one we're all talking about. But then Simon Clark made a good point as well uh, at the team presentation that he said the first nine stages, a lot of narrow roads, a lot of winding roads, he said it's going to be taxing on the whole peloton. And if the wind picks up and the weather changes, it's going to. We head, we head into that northern area. They don't get this sort of summer, Australian summer weather all year round. So they're going, there's going to be some weather, even if it just gets cooler. If it doesn't rain, at least, the wind will pick up. So they'll play that, that'll play a lot of factors in, in shaping how the race unfolds, how the stages unfold between now and then. Okay, thanks, Maka. It was uh, great to have you in the podcast. Today, what's on, what's on the menu? What's the text you fancy? You can't have another entrecote. Well, I was just actually, afraid. you can. You do what you want. I, I can do what I want, mate. What are you? You're not my boss, all right? You might be on this show, but outside of this, I do what I want. Now, and, and look at who's talking for food wise, you know, like so. I can't really talk. Well, I think Swift have sent you a XL shirt, so um, no, it fit you nicely. They sent me a L shirt, but L cyclist shirt, so which is in my terms probably a S shirt. But uh, uh, anyway, I'll try, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get another one. But uh, I, I'm sure you are enjoying this tour. I am. I'm loving it. I love the French food. I love the French people and. And of course, we love this grand race, don't we? Absolutely. Thanks, Maka. Uh, it was great to have you in the podcast again. See you soon. And uh, this is it for episode one of the Zwift Cycling Central podcast all the way from France, all the way from the Vendée region. Remember, that you can listen, stream, or even subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cycling central, or even schedule a ride with our lovely friends at Zwift. Uh, next podcast will be tomorrow morning, relatively in the same region of France. But until then, it's bye for now from us. The SBS podcast brings you daily recaps of the Tour de France and Zwift brings you even closer to the pros. Zwift, our sponsor, turned indoor training into a full-on experience. Cyclists around the world log on to train, socialise and race virtually. You'll even see plenty of tour riders hopping on Zwift on their rest days, meaning you could be riding shoulder to shoulder with some of the world's greats, which is awesome. Ride and climb in Zwift 
without ever leaving your home. It's a great thing to do while you're watching the tour. So start Zwifting with a free seven-day trial at Zwift.com.